The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max wishes you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, Review. Welcome, young and old. It is time for Wrestling to the Max's Raw Review for December 18th, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. Don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max, because once you do that, you'll get all our great content in one nice little bow and package, and then you'll be able to hear every single thing we do. And also, don't forget the W2M Network is also there. If you want to go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review there, you'll get every single podcast the W2Mnet.com family has to offer. Trust me, it's all great. It's whatever you want, but it's all in a nice little bow for you guys so you don't have to go searching every time you want to come find our great content. Don't forget to give some big love to FullOneMania.com and LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Both great sites. Make sure you go give them support as well. I, of course, am Gary Vaughn, and along with me is your host, Paul Leeser. hey yeah, and Paul, I mean, we're about to talk about some Raw that, you know, ha- has some interesting tidbits, but I just do want to also plug one more thing before we jump into this thing. Yeah. Uh, Sean and I last night did Clash of Champions. We did the review show for that, and mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. We had a great time doing it, and I uh, just wanted to let everybody know that if you have not listened to that yet, that's the place to go, because on the regular episodes of W2M, we're not going to be doing the review. You don't expect it there. Sean and I already did it for you guys, so make sure you go check it out. You may get Paul's opinion about the show on w to him but not sean and i so just a little bit of a plug there make sure you go check that out uh yeah i mean we got a raw to talk about here that it's got some things that i think we're gonna have some good discussions paul i i think your first term of interest interesting tidbits about covers it because to me this show was very bore snore so <laughs> <laughs> well that's why it's gonna bring up interesting conversations too because yeah. we're gonna be like why is this bore snore yeah. right <laughs> Let's let's hope we don't fall asleep doing this show. Oh God, no! Please, yeah, <laughs> this could end up being a six-hour podcast, people. <laughs> what about maybe twenty-five minutes of speaking and and then the rest? So that's it. <laughs> um. So the show opens with Kurt Angle coming out, and uh, obviously, excuse me. <clears throat> last week. Uh, Kane and Braun Strowman battled to a big no finish in their number one contenders match. Kurt Angle is here to address that um, and says that he's going to uh, announce a number one contender later on in the evening. Gary, this does not sit well with one Mr. Braun Strowman who shows up and uh, gets in the ring and pretty much puts the fear of God in Kurt Angle saying he's earned a title shot because he was the only one left standing last week, which is a very compelling case, <laughs> and uh, this brings Kane out, of course, who has to give his rebuttal of 20 years of destruction, and I'm an old man, and Braun's never beat me, and blah, 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 boring. So here comes Paul Heyman to try to spice things up, and he wants the discussion to, t- to take place with Brock Lesnar at ringside, so here comes the champ. He gets into the ring, Lesnar um, you know, does his usual bouncing around, and Kurt sort of looks around all confused, and uh, before this blows up into a powder keg that this normally, uh, or obviously, was going to, he books the triple threat match. For the Royal Rumble, we have a big old brawl. Brock gets to stand tall at the end after uh, tossing Braun out of the ring and then F5-ing Kane, who sits up afterwards. So, I, I, I mean, we were all expecting this. I don't know if there's any actual thing to super dig into here, but... I th- this does nothing for me at all. Um, so I- I'm just kind of okay. Uh, I have a, a, maybe a couple comments about it, and the first one I'll address is just that: D- does this do anything for you at all? And you don't think it does for you, and and it doesn't really do a ton for me. Mm-hmm. I think what we get here, though, 
is the idea that they do love Braun Strowman. Yes. But they also have an affinity for Brock Lesnar, too. Mm-hmm. And if I leeway of Lesnar just, you know, basically knocking Braun off the top rope, that means that they can do whatever they want with Braun down the outside. And now Brock can get in there and, and give the F5 to old man Kane. That no one really cares about Kane, so that's a kind of good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I mean, really, this is for a video package. This is really yeah. that two-second clip you're going to get in the Royal Rumble. It's mm-hmm. going to be part of a what? What? Probably a minute video package for a two-second clip we had to sit through here. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. There's really not a lot to grab onto. I don't blame you. I didn't hate it. I'm going to say that. I didn't hate it, but uh, there is not a lot of meat here. Now, the one thing I will say, and I think that it is kind of a sad thing to say, is this show did not really have a good order of things, if I will say that. I don't think they did the order right. I'll get into this more as we speak and and talk on this show, but I I think, uh, for me personally, I would have been more happy having this been the last thing I see rather than some other things on this show. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I know what's going to happen later on. It's supposed to be a huge deal, but I really feel like Raw should have ended on this note and and not something else. So I'll I'll leave it at that. But I, I think this was... It wasn't strong, but I think it's something impactful that people want to see. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what I'll leave it as. You know, I'll I'll give them credit because I feel like, and we'll go ahead and just fast forward to that now because I, I feel like that's a, a great segue you just gave, Gary. So uh, as we near the end of this uh, three-hour snorefest, we come up to the uh, the Absolution group of Paige, Mandy Rose, and Sonia uh, Sonia Deville taking on uh, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. And this is basically three minutes of really quick work to sort of get through um, to the end here, which is, uh, first off in the match, Rose and DeVille uh, end up jumping into the ring, and the referee um, throws the match out and disqualifies them for, for basically breaking all the rules, so the faces get the victory here. Here comes Nia Jax to start beating down Absolution. Uh, Paige attacks um, uh, Nia from behind. And here comes the rest of the women in the locker room. There's a big old brawl, and then suddenly Stephanie McMahon shows up and announces that this year at the Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen, that the rumors are in fact true. We will have a women's Royal Rumble match. And the crowd goes nuts for this. And I think they rightfully should, right? This is a very large step towards, I think, equality as far as on-screen stuff goes. Um... However, this doesn't feel like anything that has happened on either brand has really forced this. It's more about here comes Stephanie to sort of just make the match because reasons that we don't really have a lot for other than equality. And that, to me, is sort of messed up. It should be that both the brands are in chaos. We really need to give these girls an opportunity to sort of just get at each other. And a women's Royal Rumble match does that. Instead, it's just... Let's make history again, which is a very, very flimsy reason that continues to get more wobbly as we move on with time. Uh, Because that's how we've gotten a lot of the big women's programs. It's just, let's make history, here you go, and that's it. Yeah, and it brings a lot of light to to some of those idealisms the WWE has. And one of those idealisms is we've got to be the first in every category of history. Right, right, right. And the the honest truth is they're not always that. Uh, It's kind of funny. Um, I'm trying to think what country they were in recently. I heard this on the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show, so I'm going to give them credit for this. But uh, I I really didn't think about it, really didn't realize it. But in one of the countries they were in, what was the one where they had Sasha and Alexa Bliss, I think, taking a on each other. Anyway, it was if the people, uh, Saudi Arabia show, if I remember yeah, correctly, the Saudi, right? The Abu, yes. uh, Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi. Thank you, Paul. Right. Abu Dhabi. That was supposed to be the first uh, match with women, uh, just, you know, singles match, or just at least women in a championship match. And I, it may have been the first championship match, but it's not the first women's match because Impact did it first. Mm-hmm. 
And, and you probably knew that as well. But I, I just really didn't think about that till they said that. And so it really does showcase what WB wants to do. They always want to be the ones that break history first. They break the glass ceiling all the time. This is a big deal. And I don't blame them. They're mm-hmm. a corporation. Their brand is what they want to sell. And the way to sell that is by saying, hey, look at us. We've done all sorts of things that have meant something in time. That's great. I, I just wish that this story of this whole thing with Raw, and even SmackDown, I'm glad you brought up SmackDown too. I, I think that you know they're both going to be involved, so they both need to be brought up. I, I think the history thing is cool, but I, I'm right there with you, buddy. I, I'm glad you said that. I wish they had brought up the chaos thing, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what's going on. The Absolution and the Riot Squad both are throwing things out of order. You're seeing SmackDown start to kind of crumble in the women's division. You're seeing a little bit more of a united front for the Raw women taking mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Absolution, but yet, you know, when you really break things down, they're not all on the same page all the time. So, uh, this really kind of felt odd to me, because you yeah. go from one storyline, which is Absolution versus, well, Sasha, Bailey, and Mickey James, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to all of a sudden, oh, it's the women's, you know, Raw women's division is going to beat up Absolution to, hey, let's talk about history, guys. Right. You know, it's like me and you talking about the uh, Falcons and Buccaneers game, and then, you know, we're having, you know, Harry pop in and say, hey, guys, did you hear about that trade in baseball? And you're like, that's not part of the conversation here. (laughs) And that's not what we're doing here. And then Sean comes in and makes that obvious, you know, and tells me. So I think that's really what happens here. Uh, You know, it's it's confusing, and I wish they would have had a better transition. In fact... I, I wish things would have broke down and she would have said just what you said, Paul. Things are chaotic. And why not? While we're at it, we're going to make history. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can bring both of them in. You don't have to leave one or the other out. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it would have been a perfect opportunity, right? Because you just, over on Clash of the Champions, you saw, if you watched the show, you got to see how the women's championship match wasn't even really about the women's championship. It was about all the stuff going on, all the extracurriculars at ringside. And that's, you know, a, a huge chaotic scene. And then you have this mess happening on Raw every week for the last month. And it's just such an easy way to sort of segue into all of that. And they just, they, they completely gloss over it. It's not about that. It's about making history. And, I mean, it's how we got Hell in a Cell. It's how we got um, the the multiple sort of main event matches that I think Sasha and Charlotte got during their feud, which certainly started off on the right foot and then just sort of kept on migrating towards let's make history, let's main event a pay-per-view, let's put them in Hell in a Cell, let's do all this other stuff. And that's great and all, but if you make it feed into the storyline, it's not going to feel so forced like this does. Uh, and as happy as I am for the division, and I certainly do think they deserve this because there's a lot of very talented women in here, and I feel like they finally have enough talent on the roster to make this work, and it just, you know, sort of the stars are lining up for them. There's a much better way to go about this than this suddenly, here you go, and then just sort of vomit it on them, you know? Yeah, exactly. It didn't even feel like the end of Raw. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. When, when this went, the, the you know, to finish the show, uh, and then all of a sudden, Modern Family pops up on my TV. I'm thinking, what happened? Well, what? where's the rest <laughs> of this show? Did I miss something? Crap, you know. And, and I didn't. I, that was literally the end of the show, and it didn't feel like the end. That was my argument for why I kind of felt like Brock f5ing Kane as little as it really mattered would have been more impactful than this because this came off very flat. This came off as an announcement more than a moment that we need to remember or should be excited about. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I want to say this too. I respect what they're doing in that division and I would love anytime they want a main event that I'm okay with it. As long as they bring something to the table that is actually impactful and it makes us actually want to get to the next role. That really didn't do anything for me. So I think they could have flip-flopped those segments and me and you may have had a little bit, uh, I think, a better time of it because, once again, that did not feel like the end of Raw. Yeah, it's sort of like ending the show with a comma instead of a period. You know, it's just sort of flat <laughs> and it almost feels like there's going to be another segment and then it's just, here comes the copyright screen and that's all she wrote, so... 
Exactly. And really quickly, Nia Jax, what, what, did you appreciate that they did make her look powerful here? I, I did. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think it, they're, they're involving her with the Enzo stuff and all that. But I, mm-hmm. I just I have to say I appreciated the fact that she got to come back and look really like she meant like to be dominant once again. She's sort of been put to the side in this whole absolution thing. And, and it makes sense in a sort of way, right, because they, they've sort of been – teasing the Asuka deal, who is equally um, needs to look as dominant and as powerful as she has so far, so it's kind of nice that they kept that up and sort of found something interesting for Nia, but I agree with you, she hasn't really been been seen a whole lot around this scene since uh, until a week ago, and now this, so she's going to be a big deal in the Royal Rumble for sure, obviously she's going to be the, uh, the biggest girl in there, the biggest woman uh, so it's, it just, it, it makes sense to me. You're going to want her to look strong all the way up until that show date. So even mm-hmm. if it's her beating up cruiserweights, I mean, that, that might be really effective to put that over. Cause they're obviously going to count on this to help draw the show now with it being a Royal Rumble match. And God, I hope that they have some surprise, you know, stars from the past in that rumble. It'd be so much fun, even though they probably won't. I think it'd be so cool or, or new stars. It'd be kind of cool if Nia's out there dominating and then Popper Niven shows up, you know? You know, I mean, that's that's a really fun thought because obviously, there one, there's only so many women on both brands, right? So even if you include all them, uh, I'm going to assume that Charlotte and Alexa might be defending the titles on there uh, at the Royal Rumble as well. So you'll have those two out of the show, plus whoever they're facing, plus, you know, whatever else. So this gives you an opportunity to bring up women from NXT. It does give you an opportunity to bring back women from the Mae Young Classic who may not have signed yet. Uh, it, it may even be a great idea to sort of, here's how we bring up the next crop of women that we sort of been waiting for that didn't get called up in either the Absolution or the Riot Squad stories here, uh, such as the iconic duo who me and you are such large fans of. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I, I'm kind of excited about that portion of it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they, the announcement certainly does deserve all the props it is getting. It could have been executed better. Uh, and hopefully they give us a whole lot more going forward to sort of dig our teeth into and really get excited for this. Uh, even though the Royal Rumble does essentially sell itself, it's nice, especially if you're going to do a first like this, for it to have a story going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rewinding back through the show and following the main storyline thread of the show is, of course, more interaction with The Shield, The Bar, Samoa Joe, and Jason Jordan, so... We have Seth Rollins come out to the ring. Jason Jordan comes out, and he is still wanting to meet his maker early, Gary, because he wants to fight Samoa Joe, and you have to wonder if maybe he's taken one too many blows to the head. Maybe he's a little <laughs> drinky. Uh, <laughs> CTE scan now. <laughs> Get this kid an impact test. Let's let's do it now. Um, and Rollins and Joe and Jason sort of... Uh, agree to disagree in a way because they both respect each other. However, this is Seth's opportunity because he wants the match as well. That's when Jason Jordan shows up and is just so happy to be getting all this attention. Everybody wants to fight him. However, he's a problem solver. He has a solution here, and he wants them two to fight. And the winner of them can face him down the road sometime. Uh, so Rollins is like, dude, we, we already sort of have a match. Jason, you can go backstage and sort of try to kiss up to Kurt again to get what you want. And uh, Jordan, of course, ain't going to take that, so he shoves Rollins, which leads us into Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan's match here, which is pretty good. Almost 20 minutes. For all the news we keep hearing, Gary, of Jason Jordan sort of being on the fence backstage with the writers, they don't know what to do with him. This week, to me, he almost felt like the entire crux of the story because he's the one who they're trying to stick into this whole deal um, and Jason, of course, does fall prey to, to Seth here after some Samoa Joe interference. Uh, he eats the record knee, and that's all she wrote for him. Did did, did any the did any of this sort of try to bring you into what they're trying to do with Jason Jordan? Did 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 this do anything for you? I, I literally look at it and say it's better than it's been. Mm-hmm. Like you you pointed out, I, I appreciated the fact that. The crowd overly booed him. Yes. <laughs> Which kind of made it feel like, okay, this is a 
uh, an understanding between me and the crowd that we're not really thrilled about Jason Jordan, but I did appreciate his mannerisms and actually coming out here and doing this. I think it fits in just fine. I think it works uh, on on the level of he, he's actually talking to Seth Rollins this way and not Samoa Joe. <laughs> so to me, that's more believable. And, you know, I, I was totally fine with it. And the match, you're right, was, was a lot of fun to watch, actually. They, they gave you lots of great moments. Jason Jordan, once again, shines. I think he did an excellent job. Absolutely. Uh, uh, him and Seth Rollins both, you know, for the for what they were given, I think that they, they really kind of hit one out of the park here. Um, but, you know, of course, you're going to have the interactions between Samoa Joe and them. So that that, that that's what it is. Um didn't know how exactly I, I felt about Samoa Joe at times, but I think in the end, I think all three guys walk away looking pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think for a minute there, you had Samoa Joe kind of punked out, but that well, that didn't last, and, and so I'm over that. Didn't bother me too badly. I will say though, it, you know, the match pretty good, really fun to watch. Um, my favorite part of the whole thing has to be. When Samoa Joe came out and said how great he felt, like he was the prettiest girl at the ball, two yeah. guys fighting over. Oh man, <laughs> love that comment. I just got to so say great. that. Yeah. Oh, it was. So I think honestly, for a major storyline, this was a uh, a night that they peaked a little bit. They they hit a peak here, and hopefully they can keep you know moving upward on, on that. Mm-hmm. I, I like this for a lot of reasons. For one. It's very clear that what they are doing with Jason Jordan is working now, and even though it's very much just them sort of listening to how the crowd reaction is working for him, this slow little thing that they're doing of him not getting his way, of him basically living up to what everybody is saying about him now, that he's having all these good matches with people and he's holding his own, but he just can't quite get over that hump. And to me, I really, really love that idea I think that's going to be gangbusters for this guy. And if he can ever bring it on around on the mic, because I still don't know if he can really just hold his own there yet. Uh, everything else is sort of falling into place for him right now. He's just got to, you know, go out there and be the spark that gets it going. Um, so I like it on that end. I think Seth performs very admirably in this match as well. Of course, we know he's a terrific worker and all that great stuff, too. I like the idea of Samoa Joe being the end goal. Like, people are working to fight this guy who is being proven to be a guy who's just going to beat you up and not care about it after he's done. So, um, it makes Joe feel important, which I love even more. It makes him feel like a big deal. This is, you know, he feels like a top-end boss guy. You know, he feels like a main eventer, almost, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. I love Samoa Joe, just based on the history that I have watching him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, what thrills me is just that, yeah, yes, uh, then making him look like a main eventer, it, it means even more. And I think that the casual fan thinks the Samoa Joe matters. Mm-hmm. So that that's a big deal, and I appreciate that. And once again, I, I walk away with this more on the happy side of for, you know what they're doing. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you've got a guy like Jason Jordan who's not thrilling everybody, and he's doing what he can. But I think... His ability, and I think the fact that he's at least working his way in the right direction makes me happy enough. And so, yeah, well, I, I want to continue following this, and I think that they make you want to do that. Yeah, I mean, they give you lots of reason to throughout the evening, too, because here after the match is over, Joe and Rollins have a big old brawl. Samoa Joe lays him out, and then uh, just for sort of poops and gigs almost, he runs over to Jason Jordan, beats him up, too. So, uh Joe goes backstage to meet with, with Kurt Angle, or excuse me, not Joe, um, Jason Jordan, uh, or, God, I'm so all over the place. Seth Rollins goes back there. Uh, Ambrose is also there. They want a shot at Samoa Joe. That's when Jason Jordan shows up. He wants in on it still, too, even though he just got his butt handed to him. So they make the bar and Samoa Joe against the Shield and Jason Jordan in a six-man later on in the evening, uh, which is basically, I, I believe it's a co-main event. This gets almost 15 minutes. This is a lot more good work here, at, as you're expecting out of them. Very chaotic, uh, and sort of rushed at the end, if you ask me, with them. Like, they find the peak, and then it's suddenly like, okay, take it home, and then it just bam, 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 all done. Uh, with Samoa Joe uh, coming in and sort of clearing house a little bit. Uh, Ambrose may or may not have hurt his arm on his suicide dive on the pile outside. 
and then as Rollins gets uh, recovers inside, he eats a bro kick from Sheamus, and that's all she wrote. Lord, I hope Dean Ambrose is not hurt. I, I really hope he's just selling. <laughs> I'm right there with you, because uh, do we really want to see just Seth Rollins walking around by himself? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad singles competitor, but it, it really screws up the storyline, especially for the fact you didn't have Roman on this show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you, if you have Roman gone and you have Ambrose gone and you're just with Seth, I mean, that really doesn't help anything because it's one on three. And, you know, Seth is not really going to want to be a tag team partner of Jason Jordan. So it's it's interesting. Um, I I think that this whole thing worked out pretty well, though. It's everything like you said. We expected this. We expected this match. And uh, for the fact that you had, you know, Samoa Joe and, you know, company in a bar just come in and, and do what they needed to do. And all of a sudden the match is almost done without you even blinking mm-hmm. it, it, it at least made everybody feel important and once again i mean a samoa joe standing tall is always great in my book so i think that they needed to have that win they needed to get some momentum on their side and they got it and it, it just as long as it didn't come in the price of ambrose actually and you know getting hurt in real life so right uh we also get to see ambrose arms sort of get attacked by uh the bar and joe uh, as um, Rollins and Jason Jordan get beat down in the ring some more and then work over Dean's arm on the outside and all this other stuff. So uh, if if this was sort of just a, a way to give Roman a week off or whatever, that's fine. Um, this does set up a way for the Shield to come back and get all angry and pissed off and sort of gives Dean a week off, I guess, next week if they want to go that far as well. Um, unless he is seriously hurt, then it could be a lot longer, but... You know, it, all in all, this isn't really a bad week for this feud. I think, I mean, them going back and forth is sort of what this is about. It's supposed to be competitive. This is sort of some of the best of the best over here on Raw beating each other up. And that's, I, that's, you know, people want to see that. No, they do want to see that. And I will say this, what I did want to see is something like what they did. And that's have Samoa Joe in the bar go down to, back there and beat the shield up and beat everybody up that they needed to beat up. And, and, to me, I mean, I know usually that's like old hat and that's something, but I think in this sense, in this feud, it makes a lot of sense. And it feels like, you know, this thing is ramping up. And I like that. I like that a lot. It makes it feel, you know, even stronger of a feud. So, I, I mean, I'm really happy with what they did. I really don't have any arguments or anything against what they did here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really only one other thing I want to talk about on the show. So we got to get through all the filler now. Uh, so I'm so very sorry, listeners out there, if this bores you, because Lord knows it bored me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, Finn Balor takes on Bo, uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel in a handicap match. Um, and is this sort of whatever this is keeps going forward. Uh, five, five and a half minutes or so in, um, Balor sort of starts falling prey to the numbers game for for some reason. I don't know why he's just out here not doing work. Um, however, it gets tossed out. Finn gets the victory, and the as Bo and uh, Curtis sort of keep on beating him down. Here comes the big debut for Hideo Itami, who runs in and makes the save. And this is what I sort of like about this. If you've watched NXT, you know these guys are buddies, right? They they um. Hideo brought Finn in to sort of help him out, and now this uh, sort of repaying the favor here. And this leads to a short little tag team match that lets Atami get in there and look uh, basically like the bee's knees as he gets to beat him up a whole bunch before he brings Finn in to uh, sort of help clean up before he hits to go to sleep on Mr. Curtis Axel. And that's all she wrote. Really, one, I, I like the idea of debuting Hideo here. It sort of is a nice teaser to bring you into 205 to see what he's going to do over there tomorrow night. Um, however, Finn being stuck in this, whatever the hell this is, is just an affront to nature almost. Like, how is this guy just wasting away here? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, it really is. And I just, it, it, I think it bothers both of us a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I just wish there were bigger and better things that were happening with him, but there's not. And 
You know, I think we've kind of felt the same way. Uh, we talked about Hideo Itami so many times in NXT, didn't we? I mean, how many times that great the guy did so many great things in Japan, comes over, a cup of coffee, gets injured. Right. Out for a long time. Comes in, thinks, oh, it's getting, he's getting stronger. Gets injured. Mm-hmm. Not a long time. And, and so you just kind of wish that, you know, he was doing something and actually, you know, working his way back up. And I think Finn Balor and Hideo Itami kind of share in that instance. And they kind of are trying to get on track. And I, I really like that, that they are trying to do something with him. But mm-hmm. still, it, it's just not enough. Right, and it's not enough there for us just to be like, oh man, these guys are going in a totally right direction, and we we were excited. It's still a waiting game, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I, you look on the other side of this, and you look at Bo Dallas, and you see, you know, what he was and what he's kind of become, and then you also look at Curtis Axel. They're not meant to be anybody big. They're not meant to be any, you know, kind of winner or contender for the most part. But at the same time, you look at them and you kind of think to yourself, man, I wish that they had a little bit more of an opportunity, too. So I think we could say a lot, but I just think Finn Balor is that one guy we want to do so well. Mm-hmm. And just we dream and dream and dream. Is it going to come true? I still have no idea. I, I honest to God, I don't either. Because uh, WWE seems lost on what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward from there, we have, uh, Cedric Alexander cut a promo about his drive and his determination to win the Cruiserweight Championship. He knows he's got to beat Drew tonight, and he's ready to make that a reality. We cut back to ringside, and here comes Enzo to do his usual stuff, and he's going to do commentary for the number one contenders match as Cedric Alexander takes on Drew Gulak here. The work here is good, and I really don't want to take away from those two. However, Enzo will not shut up, Gary. He will not, and it's awful. It just it takes you out of it completely. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I was more interested in hearing what he had to say than I did the match at times. And it's not because I loved every single thing he said. It's because the majority of it was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, to be uh, complete honest, it was just so ridiculous. Okay, so it, it would be like, you know, trying to watch, uh, you know, a Hallmark movie. And, mm-hmm. and instead of listening to the movie as these people are, you know, in the bakery and they're falling in love over Christmas, uh, you're just listening to Richard Pryor comedy. <laughs> I mean, and you're supposed to be getting into this moment. It's really intense or really beautiful. And all you hear is these jokes and ridiculous comments. And, and that's what you got. I mean, and you know what? I, he's great at his job. I'll say that. At least that job on the mic. That That's a great part. Uh, the ring, ring stuff, we can question that a lot. Um, but, yeah, it was way over the top. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it took something away from the match. Because I think people were, well, at least, you know, at home, were not focused solely on what was happening in the ring. I just don't. Uh, There were parts of this match I don't even really remember, to be honest with you, because I kept thinking about what Enzo was saying and just, you know, picturing things. And so, yeah, I I don't know, Paul. I I, want to, you know, be on the hate side of it, but I I can't really hate something that I did kind of laugh at a few things. His volume level is so ridiculous. Like, I understand you need to be loud on the mic, right? When you're on a headset, you don't really have to be that loud. It's going to yeah. pick you up. The microphone is right next to your face. So, I mean, if Enzo has a volume knob somewhere on that ridiculous outfit of his or somewhere buried in his hair, uh, they should have ticked that down a few notches. Because uh, ah. it was unbearable to me, and it really <laughs> took away from something I was trying to enjoy because, I, I mean, I, I, want, I like the cruiserweights. I want them to succeed, and a lot of them... This was sort of supposed to be a big moment for Cedric because you knew he's obviously going to get the victory here. And he does, of course, he gets the, uh, the lumbar check in on Drew at about the 13-minute marker. So it's just, you can't you can't at all get into what they're trying to do, though, because Enzo just won't shut up and uh, piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, I don't blame you at all. I get it. And, you know, if you're in the live crowd, you probably really enjoyed this match and thought it was just, you know, fine. No problems with it. Uh, it wasn't way over the top. I think that they pretty much kept everything in check and yes. had a pretty solid match. So, uh, you know, a decent outing. Like, you know, you, you said you want good things for the cruiserweight. So do I. I really do. But it's got to be... 
you know, at some measure of quality, you can't just throw things at us and expect it to be wonderful. And right. I think they throw us a good match, but the commentary thing, you're right. It, it was very distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to backstage afterwards as Enzo had to leave commentary near the finish to take a phone call. Uh, apparently it was to check Twitter because Nia Jax has sent him a, a DM direct message. Uh, for those of you not using Twitter, um, it's, uh, I, I don't know exactly why this needed to be a thing as far as that went. However, um, they're talking, here comes Drew Gulak to interrupt them, uh, and apologizes for losing. His nose is all bloody. Um, and he wants to watch the film with Enzo and sort of try to figure out where everything went wrong. And Enzo just sort of yells at him as uh, Naya has walked off and told him to deal with the situation before they figure out whatever they're doing. So, uh, okay. <laughs> it just keeps us trucking along with this Naya and Enzo thing. And to be honest with you, I'm not hating it. I, I just I find myself actually kind of curious. And it was some sick, twisted, weird way. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, not bad. I, I have no problem. I, I, I love the gulag thing where he kind of comes up and acts like he's about to fall over kind of thing, you know, yeah. looking at him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this guy is out of it. So I, I think, you know, Drew Gulak definitely, you know, sold that really well. And mm-hmm. I appreciate what we got, you know, out of it. I, I, it may not mean anything when it comes to, you know, being spectacularly hilarious or anything like that. But it, it had its moments and it you know, at the end of the day, hey, people will probably be talking about it around the water cooler, so mm-hmm. uh after that you have Oscar taking on Alicia Fox. Uh for some reason this is the one match they decide for Alicia to matter. Uh she kinda goes fifty fifty with Oscar here before Oscar trounces her with the head kick and puts her in the arm bar to make her tap out. <sighs> This is sort of where the main roster runs into problem with its women's division because they want to make sure that everybody has to matter at some point. And while letting Asuka run over people is what really they probably should be doing, especially in the run-up to the Royal Rumble, uh, they for some reason can't just seem to let go and sail the boat on Alicia Fox at this point in time. And even though she basically got squashed by her last week, suddenly she can compete with her. So I, I don't know. It's, I understand it. I don't have to like it though. I guess is where Ah. I come from. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And and, you know, once again, here we are and looking at the same scenario we had with Emma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, wow. You did. You were terrible against Emma The last time we saw you in the ring with her, all of a sudden you can do everything and you're grand and, your, you know, uh, you know, ability just changed overnight. I mean, your stamina, everything, you know, it, it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It really is, especially as many times we've seen Oscar just completely kill Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yes, maybe you know a few more things than you did, and it helped you, but it wouldn't just help you as much as they made it out to be. My God, I mean, at times. You, you really start to think, wow, I mean, Oscar could lose this, even though you knew she wasn't. You know, right. but still, they they tried to put that down. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. Let's just go back to Oscar killing people. I mean, that truly is the best Oscar. so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we got two more things here to talk about. First up, the Revival are back, Gary. Uh, yes. So, say yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're taking on Heath Slater and Rhino. They get a a nice uh, sort of short win here as they try to shake the ring rust off, I guess. And maybe Slater and Rhino are too, because I can't remember the last time we saw them on Raw. Um, they the revival get the victory with the sa- Shatter Machine on uh, Heath Slater. We go backstage after this to see Angle talking to Heath and Rhino, and he wants them to sort of toughen up and try to to seize the uh, brass ring, if you will, uh, if they want to get more opportunities, if they want to move up the ranks in the tag team division. And Slater is uh, scared that they might get fired. However, Rhino says he has a plan. So a little tiny bit of intrigue there. Also during the match, you have uh, Titus Apollo and now Dana Brooke uh, of Titus Worldwide uh, sort of watching on the monitors backstage. So 
if this is an attempt to strengthen the tag team division through this and try to get these guys some gimmicks and some momentum going, I'm all for it. I am absolutely all for it. Let's do it. I'm on board. I like Slater and Rhino. They've proven that they can do stuff. You know what the Revival can do if you've watched NXT. They were on the path to doing something really neat before the injuries started affecting both of them. So let's see if they can get that back going. And for God's sakes, if 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 adding Dana Brooke is what it sort of takes to try to get Titus and Apollo to do something, I'm willing to give these guys a chance because I really like Apollo Crews. And I want to like Dana Brooke. So. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's one of those things where also you kind of have Dana Brooke taking the gimmick of, uh, what was her name in WCW? Alexandra York. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Terry uh, Reynolds, uh, for those Terry who Reynolds. don't know who we're talking about. Yes, thank you so much. And if you mentioned it, I'm sorry, I, I missed it. Uh, no, but I mean, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought maybe you'd said it, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I completely missed you saying that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's kind of cool to to kind of see that throwback kind of put into place again. I think it actually works. And it, it, to be honest with you, Paul. We need Dana Brooke to have that that kind of makeover. I know it sounds really mm-hmm. weird, uh, and it may sound sexist. I hope it doesn't. That's not what I'm coming from here. I'm just being very honest. It gives her a new look to give her a new persona, which needs to take place immediately. And I think that they've they they accomplished that. Uh, so they get that going, and you know if it moves this whole thing with Titus worldwide along the tracks, and when we actually get some traction, good. And if this whole thing, of course, you know, helps launch the revival back to where they need to be, great because I love the revival. Um, I love the, the fact that they came back and they got this victory. It's really needed. They needed to get it back into play and get back into play quick. Um, so happy with that, you know. And, and then you you take into consideration Slater and Rhino have been together for quite a while now, and. They really haven't reached the goals that they've always wanted to reach. They're more of a comedy team, if you'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. And for the story of Rhino's going to toughen up, see Slater. It sounds another uh, comedy sketch or two coming our way, uh, which I, I really hope. Or it could be, you know, it, it's a situation where Rhino tortures Slater into becoming a jerk. So. I honest to God kind of hope it's just them training back at Heath's house again, uh, and it's just like them guzzling cans and cans of Cheese Whiz or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man, that would be awesome. And I would probably uh, be along with him on that one. I think that'd be a great idea. That'd so be real fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be. I, uh, I forgot to mention this, too. Elias uh, gets a song in here where he announces himself as the first official entrant to the Royal Rumble next year, Gary. Um, oh, okay. Yay, Elias. Hey, hey uh, it, you, you get to be a part of the show, kid. There you go. You, you get the first <laughs> spot in the Royal Rumble. Okay. Uh, it, this was more about the New England Patriots than it was really about Elias. Um, but okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, he needs his time, and I... I it did waste time. It did. But, I mean, I guess at least he got to be a part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now maybe what might have been my favorite four minutes on this show, um, we get a video package sort of recovering the entire Woken Matt Hardy saga here. Uh, we have Bray follow that up with a promo saying he is ready to play in Matt's games, and Bray, you, you really aren't. Uh, <laughs> fast forward later on in the evening, and Matt Hardy is playing chess with a goldfish who is possessed by the spirit of Napoleon. And uh, is, is talking about the WWE Battlefield, relates it to the game of chess that they're doing, and says he has been playing this game since the beginning of existence and promises deletion. I, I, I'm so happy, Gary. There's animals again. There's Napoleon delightful if i were mr matt hardy right now this was absolutely delightful uh yeah i noticed you really didn't give any props to bray wyatt um but did you need to no i mean it's very standard stuff from him yeah exactly and i'm definitely not hating you on that i'm just i'd love to point that out (laughs) 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 because it's the honest truth it's the obvious and 
Uh, but no, and seriously, I, it's fun. I love this for the fact that they did just what I wanted. I wanted two of these segments, one with Bray, one with Broken or Woken Hardy. Um, uh, so they gave it to me, and mm-hmm. I really and dug it. I enjoyed it. I, sure. I want to be over the moon about it. Um, I may not be that far, but I really did enjoy it. I felt like it had its place. It made sense. It was goofy. It was silly. But that's what you got to do to continue to build this character mm-hmm. in front of the entire WWE universe. And I felt like they, they kind of accomplished that goal. I, I don't remember. Was Napoleon uh, the fish? Uh, was he ever a part of anything Impact was doing? I, 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 I not can't that rem- I recall. I, I believe this is a fresh uh, vessel. That uh, that Mr. Matt Hardy has work, uh, worked with. That's awesome. So there you go. I mean, they're they're adding new things, and that's fine. I appreciate it. I, I like it. And you know, I, I want to see more. Uh, I, I want to see you know crazier. I want to see you know, basically all this other stuff. But I think right now they're at the right pace. Uh, as long as they continue giving these guys separate video packages, I think they can really do something special here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if these two are going to get a match at the Royal Rumble or not. There's a large part of me that really wants to see them sort of get one in on Raw again and sort of let that be as they go into the Royal Rumble. And I need a Woken Matt Hardy training montage, Gary, of him fighting the kangaroo again. I just, I need oh. that in my life. <laughs> that was very delightful. Oh, my God. I loved it. And it's it's too good. But... They they may not give it to us, but if they can, I would be over the moon uh, about that oh. for sure. Wonderful. So. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I also love to eventually see the the uh, spot monkeys. I just yes, of course. That. Yeah, we have to try to get cure Matt of his spot monkey tendencies again. Yes, <laughs> our Jeff. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, I love it. So yeah, lots of good stuff, and, and that you know, it, it honestly, Paul, I don't know about you, but I really did feel. Like this was controlled by Matt. I really <laughs> did. I really did not see a lot of the WWE stamp on it. So, in my point of view, it looks like we're going in the right direction. I agree. Uh, this is this is something that feels very classic, broken slash woken Matt Hardy here, um, and all that sort of working and pushing forward to introduce this character. I, I this was a very nice. Uh, la- la- we've been dipping our toe in the water. I think we're in a foot now. Uh, we're, we're one whole foot in with the character. And um, honestly, I-, I-, I can't wait to watch more. This is becoming one of the most anticipated parts of Raw for me every week is to just see what they're going to do with this guy. Um, I- that's what worked in Impact, and it- if they keep going this way, it's going to work here on Raw. Definitely. And you know what's so fun about it for me, Paul, and that's the honest truth. I usually watch it. And I find a way to criticize it sometimes, and I get on the show, and I've kind of talked myself out of criticizing it really because it has a point. And then by the time Tuesday rolls around, I just cannot wait for Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a weird process. It's you know funny to me that I want to, to see things in a particular light with this whole thing. But at the end of the day... I really walk away and come back wanting more <laughs> and more and more. And that's a good thing. I think that this W universe uh, hopefully sees some of these positive things and really digs their, you know, uh, fingernails and, and all their teeth, whatever they have to grasp onto this gimmick and just really enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, with those words hopefully pleasing the seven deities, we got to put a number on this episode of Raw, Gary. What are you going to give it? Well, you know, if the seven deities want me to rank this one high, I, can't, I just can't do it. I can't either. Uh, <laughs> man. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Let's be honest. We sat here for, for a lot of the show and saying, okay, I like this, I like this, I thought this was good. But yet, when you watch the show in full, mm-hmm. the order, the pacing at times, the commercial breaks – it really took a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. It just did. And I think that's a big problem. And sure, that's not on the talent. I think the talent tonight did a fine job. I really do. I think everybody worked hard. I think it really just revolves around why and how they pace the show and what order they go in. And I think there were matches that really weren't just grand and did a lot for me. But I think for the most part, you could tell how hard everybody was trying to to work and put things into it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this thing a six. It may not be 
the best Raw, but I don't think it was awful. It just it, it sometimes lulled you to sleep. Very much so. I think outside of the main storyline with the Bar Joe and uh, the Shield, and of course now Jason Jordan, uh, which all that I think was handled pretty well this week. Uh, the the idea of the Women's Royal Rumble was brought forward, even if I hated the announcement. I think that's uh, a nice step. I loved the reaction. I thought that was really cool for for all that. Because uh, you know we're going to hear that moment over and over again for the next month and a half. So. Uh, oh, yeah. we better get used to that. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, God save me. I love Woken Matt Hardy. Uh, everything else is just sort of either ho-hum or natural progression of where we're going or, uh, how did we get here with Finn or it's just flat out boring. Um, to me, this is very middle of the road stuff. Uh, I enjoyed maybe an hour of this show overall uh and i may be a little generous so I, i'm gonna give it a five gary it's it's uh very meh yeah and that's very fair and uh you know I, i'm really kind of curious what other people think about the show i really am mm-hmm. so hey listening to us right now make sure you put a comment on whatever you're listening to i don't know if you're listening to us on itunes or on youtube or Heck, uh, you know, even Spreaker.com. I don't care where you're listening to us. Just any place you have us, make sure you leave us a comment. Tell us what you think Raw deserved. What rating did, you know, you give it? And not only that, give us feedback on some of the things we said. Did you hate something we said or we really, you really agreed with us on something? Mm-hmm. Make sure you, you know, put that out there and let us know about that. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review when you do all this stuff, guys, because that gives you an opportunity to get every great piece of content that we we throw out there at you and we you know once again are really thrilled to see what you have to say about the show and to kind of see you know how much you appreciate it and all that entails so once again wrestling of the max the w2 network choose your poison but make sure you do it and when you do it subscribe rate and review don't forget to give big love to from mania.com and last word on pro wrestling.com they both have great articles and different things in the world of wrestling and, and of course some other stuff so make sure you go check out those sites w W2Mnet.com is the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. Don't forget to go, of course, check us out over there. It's a lot of fun. Trust me. Lots of great content. You're not going to want to miss a minute of the action. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Besides that, me and Paul will be doing a Wrestling of the Max, uh, hopefully with Sean tonight. And we'll get that kicked out for you guys with some big news coming out of the world of wrestling. Uh, trust me, some really interesting things happened this past weekend and, you know, week. Uh, so you're going to want to hear that. And plus, we'll be jumping into some Ring of Honor talk. Lots of great stuff. So make sure you to- tune in to this uh, episode 278, part one with us. And uh, until then, uh, for myself and for Paul Leeser, we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. The previous podcast has been an original W2Mnet.com production. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports. From our family to yours, happy holidays and a Merry Christmas.